Hello and welcome to this episode of the Corporate Escapers TV show and podcast. I am your host, Christine Innes. Now, I am super delighted to have the very beautiful and amazingly talented Chantelle joining me. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, look, I'm so excited. And like, honestly, we've been working together. So like, I know that you're a genius of what you do. So I can't wait to really share with everybody, you know, what you do and how you can help everyone. But I want to just for a moment, just go congratulations, because you are also in the February issue of the Corporate Escapers magazine. And honestly, it's, it's really great because I'll just show you even more of it. Um, it's really great because, you know, I love your story of, you know, really of how you've had to dive into business. And I feel that this is something that's going to really resonate with so many people, especially with what's been happening around the world right now. So before we go any further, do you want to just take a couple of minutes and just sort of share with everyone your story and then we can dive in and, you know, really get some really nuggets of gold for everyone to take away in this episode? Yeah, sure. Um, well, yeah, 100%. I completely fell into it out of pure desperation. Um, so 12 years ago, I moved from South Africa to Australia. And in South Africa, I had everything. I had paid off cars, paid off houses, paid off businesses. Everybody knew me. It was easy to run a business. Um, and then all of a sudden, we got the opportunity to move here, which we couldn't turn down. So we moved across uh, in 2008. And I had identical twin daughters that were five at the time. And my youngest was one. And I was going to stay, look after the children. Uh, and my husband at the time, he uh, was going to work in the job that he got. However, he was made redundant twice in the first couple of years. And uh, we had no Centrelink. We had no, you know, no welfare. We had no uh, help. And we literally came here on the bones of our asses. Like my daughters used to hold up the roof of the car because it was falling down. Like they always still joke about it, how they've gotten our shoulders from doing that. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it was pretty stressful, pretty stressful not knowing anyone, pretty stressful not having family support, pretty stressful um, not having any financial capital or startup capital. I mean, at some point, some of the, the children would get sick and you'd have to pay three times to go to the doctor and it would be the same gastro bug, you know, <laughs> but it was absolutely ridiculous. So it was really, really stressful at, at times. But um, what I decided to do was uh, in South Africa, I was a personal trainer and I thought, you know what, I've got to get this business off the ground um but you know how how with little kids running around no startup capital no one knows me how am I going to differentiate myself how am I going to get my name out there what am I going to do and I basically taught myself Facebook while the kids were playing and while they were sleeping I taught myself how to be more visible how to stand out more but more importantly how to actually build a business that made money without having to pay for ads um, and that was super important because it has to feed the family, right? It can't just be, a, it's, it's that passion versus um, profit thing. You know, it's great to be a passion, but you actually have to turn that into profit as well. Yeah, I love it so much. And I think that, you know, that resonates with so many people because, you know, so many people go, I just want to follow my passion. Now, a big thing, like what I talk about is that, you know, sometimes it takes a little while for the, the money to start coming in, but there has to come to a point where you go, hang on, why am I actually doing this? Is it to just simply be of service and you earn income another way? Or is it the fact that you actually want that to be your sole source of income? And I think it's very hard for people to make that decision and to really take that leap. And I guess in a way, bet on themselves to say, 
yes, this is what you are worthy of um, being paid. It is a huge, um, a huge thing, especially with, you know, women in business. Um, and I often say to some of my clients, I sometimes wish that you didn't have Centrelink and I sometimes wish you didn't have welfare because if you didn't, you'd have nothing to fall back on, which means you'd have nothing. Uh, you would dig in deeper. You would try a little harder. You wouldn't give up so easily. Um, but it is, it is highly stressful when you're first starting out and people want to enjoy being in business. What I also find is everyone keeps talking about this laptop lifestyle and this freedom lifestyle and work a four day week. And the reality is, um, the reality is that that's not necessarily the case. The reality is, is that you have to work and there is a difference between working hard and working smart, but when you are growing in your business, there are going to be challenges. Challenges are uncomfortable. You can't keep running away from those challenges and keep doing what you like doing. You have to just kind of deal with those challenges, grow, learn, and move to the next point. Um, and that's the only way you're going to advance in your business. So by all means, uh, often I'd say to uh, people in the health, wellness, and fitness industry when, when they used to um, hire up my space, and they'd say to me, oh, I'm just doing this because I love helping people. And I go, well, you, it's still got to be able to, you've still got to be able to eat, right? You've still got to be able to feed the children. You've still got to be able to live. And if you want to sustain this and be a better coach or better whatever, you're going to have to make money because else you'll actually be of service to less people ultimately. Um, so it is important to get it right. Um, and it is scary and it is fearful and there are challenges. And the sooner you get used to those roller coaster rides, uh, the better it'll be. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the big things, and like I even know for myself, is the fact that, you know, when you step out, especially for people leaving corporate, you have a team behind you. Like if you're in like middle management or management roles, you always have a team behind you. So when you step into business, you're it. So numbers are not my thing. So the first thing I knew I had to do is literally go, okay, you have to now dedicate a day, Christine, to sit down and do the numbers and get to know them. And then, you know, once the business grew, then I'm like, okay, great. Now I can actually afford to actually sit down with somebody and go, okay, well, this is what it is. But there are going to be, like you said, those tasks that you don't want to do, but you are going to be the marketer. You're going to be the accountant. You're going to be the bookkeeper. Like, you're it. So if you think that you're going to only work 15 hours, 20 hours a week, you are still going to be working those 60. Well, I used to do excessive hours in corporate, but you know, I still find that I like, I get up at five o'clock this morning and it's the first thing I'm doing. Oh, it's on my mind. I'm going straight to work. So if you can't, I think for me, I, I find a lot of business owners, if you can't say that you're willing to put in that time and effort to get that result, that it's actually not going to be sustainable. You can have a quick win, but you're not going to have a long-term business. It's not going to be profitable um, if you just keep doing the things that you like to do. I love creating and I love presenting, but if I just presented every single day and if I was more visible on social media and presented at every event and spoke at every event, um, but then I didn't know how to take payments or sell people into programs mm. or look at my finances at the end of the month or set goals for myself or manage my money better or invest in software to onboard people. If I don't know how to do all those things and if I don't get it better at doing all those things, all the things that I love doing are going to amount to nothing. 
And I think that this is incredibly important for people to understand. And unfortunately, as I said, it's another thing that people keep saying all the time is outsource it, just outsource it. And I find this absolutely redonkulous because at the end of the day, you don't have the money to outsource it. I mean, unless you load it, right? If you load it, outsource it, you know, <laughs> you've got the money to outsource it to somebody yeah. who's going to do it properly and you're going to pay them an arm and a leg and it, it should work, right? Yeah. But if you don't have a lot of money and you outsource it, you're going to outsource it to somebody that potentially doesn't know what they're doing mm -hmm. because you pay peanuts, you get peanuts, right? And not only that, but if you don't know what it is that you want them to do, you're going to get taken for a ride. Mm. Um, and I see this all the time. How many people have gone and they've gotten a VA and they've gone, it hasn't worked out, I paid all this money um, and it just didn't happen. I actually sat down with two ladies yesterday who own a couple of businesses uh, and they've been paying a social media marketer, I think it was about $200 a week to manage their campaigns. And I sat down within five minutes, I recognized that the services hadn't been set up, uh, the wrong templates had been set up, the order response hadn't been set up. And they were like, oh, you would think with all the money I was paying them that they would have done it, but they didn't know. So they couldn't check it. Yeah. So even as business owners, like if you are going to outsource it, ultimately, you've still got to be able to oversee it. You've still got to be able to monitor it and make sure that it's getting done properly. Mm -hmm. So I say rather invest in yourself. And I love what you said there is that when you recognize you're not good at something, go and get better at it. You don't have to be a wizard. At it. There's some sucky things in my business that I really don't enjoy doing at all. Um, I've gone and I've learned them and then I've outsourced it to someone else. And my VAs, they know I watch them. I sit there and I watch all of them work because I want to know what's going on. And, if, yeah. and this happened to me once. I had a VA just suddenly leave for personal reasons and I knew nothing about what she did. Yeah. And I went, <gasps> it was, I cried for the whole month. I'll never forget it. It was a December. I, mm. I cried for a whole month because she left and I didn't actually know what she did. Um, and I swore never again, I would always have control over my business and yeah. what I'm not good at, I'll get better at. Yeah. I, I always, I remember back in my management days in corporate world that I was running a team. I had about 10, 15 girls working for me and um, it was an accounts area and I would still sit down and do the accounts. Now the other team leaders were going, well, why are you doing that? I'm like going, well, how do I know the issues that are coming up if I don't know how to even process the stuff. So I, I feel that it's the same in business that you need to do all of the tasks so that when you have somebody on there and if they, you know, good on them if they are so much better with you because that's what you want to employ them for. But you still got to have an understanding of what it is that they're doing and what the return on investment is that they're actually giving you. And I feel that that, it's something that I really started to grasp in the last sort of 12 months of my business is what is my return on investment? Like, what am I getting out of it? And I think if we don't ask that question enough in business, because we're just giving stuff away, thinking in good faith that people are going to do it, but we have to take that accountability ourselves as business owners. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, when I first started, uh, well, when I left the personal training business and actually sold my, my business, I tripled it and then sold it because I went into the social media coaching. When I did that, uh, I changed my name from a coach to a strategist because what I realized is I can show people what to do, but unless they've got an actual strategy, um, it's not going to amount in money. So you'll always see people talking about be more visible, generate more leads. For me, that's, it's, it's not about that. 
Leads are leads. They're not sales. Visibility is not sales. The end of your strategy, the intention of you being in business should end in a dollar amount. And it should be like, what is that dollar amount weekly that you want to be earning? Mm -hmm. And then from there, work backwards and go, well, how am I going to create that in my business? Um, And what you said earlier was about, you know, understanding the parts of your business. For me, I use a traffic light system. In South Africa, we call them robots. (laughs) But a traffic light system of red, yellow, green. And if something is green, it means you're doing it and it's working. You're getting, and working is not likes. Working is not engagement. Working is not followers. Working's not everyone going, yay, you're doing so well. Working is you're getting inquiries, which are turning into paying clients. Mm -hmm. So if that's working, it's green and you want to leave that alone. Okay, you want to kind of look at why it's working. Then if it's orange and and something is working to a certain point and then it stops working, like people are clicking in, but they're not going through. You have to work out why, what what is happening in that process that's not taking them further on. And if you don't understand the aspects of your business, you're never going to understand that at all because you'll go, I'm just doing it, but they're just falling off. Well, where are they falling off? Why are they falling off? What can we change over there? Don't change the whole thing. That's another thing I'm not a big fan of. Rebrand. <laughs> as soon as it's not working, we'll just rebrand. We're taking six months to rebrand and then we're going to relaunch again. <laughs> I'm like, no, there will be aspects that are working. Find where they're working up until and then from there tweak that bit. Don't go and change the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and the red things, just leave the red things alone unless they're the big income earners. Uh, because the big income earners are the ones that you need to be working on. And that's your desirable offer. Mm. I love that so much because I think so many times that we go in and we've got this, I call it like we've got shiny object syndrome. So there's all these little things that come up and we go, oh, I want to do this, want to do that. But the fact is, is that if we actually take that time to sit down and really go from the end to end process, that you literally can find it. And I, I feel that so many times that, you know, I, I signed up to get the latest issue of the magazine because I actually want to know what it's like as an end user for me as well so that I know, okay, is the email all working? Is everything working? And if I don't know what it's like for a customer, then how can I improve it or even, you know, go, oh, this works or like you said use the traffic light system and go okay we need to tweak this a little bit more yeah 100 most of the time people blame poor facebook and they go well facebook's not working um and especially because i do organic facebook marketing so they keep hearing about the algorithm and going well facebook's not working and they're turning off the algorithm and but yet thousands and actually millions of people are actually making money for free from facebook so um what about those people but one of the reasons is is that it's not Facebook, that's the issue. Facebook is the vehicle. And what you could be doing on Facebook or how you're using it could be the problem. But usually it's a step in the customer journey, meaning everything that you do on Facebook, right from the point where you take your product onto Facebook, right to the very end of converting that sale, those are all processes. And you have to get a yes from the person the entire way along. If at any point there's a no or there's distrust or there's inconsistencies or there's something that doesn't feel right, you'll get a no. Um, And as soon as you get a no, they just scroll right past you, they stop and that's it. You've lost your opportunity. So it's about finding how you can get your yeses in that customer journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I feel as though, you know, from 
from people that I've been speaking to that, you know, go in and a lot of them are very much heart-centered business owner and they've got a heart of gold and they want to help so many people. And I think when we were talking about it yesterday, it's going, well, you can be visible to so many people, but you can't help everybody. Like there's a certain point where you go, how many people do you want to help? But what is the real problem that you're solving and really target those people as well? Um, I'm going to use a fantastic example. Um, and I know I can share this with you because it's one of my beloved clients who's been with me for such a long time. And she's gone through such a journey herself. She's a, a kinesiologist, um, but she also uses crystals and she makes her own essential oils. And um, and she's actually a dent a dent dental technician or a dentist nurse or something and this is her you know her passion project um and when she came to me she's like I just want to help people I just want to help people I just want to help people anyway she was overwhelmed all the time she was tired all the time she was exhausted all the time she was taking on the energy from everyone and she would do these expos these spiritual expos and at the end of them she would be flat for the next three weeks and I'd say to her, do you ever get any clients from this? And she's like, no, nah, I never get any clients, but I'm there and I'm, I'm giving all my services and I'm giving value and I'm doing, you know, all these things. And I just went, oh, okay, let's try something a little bit different. Why don't you go there, position yourself, have a beautiful table, stand up and talk to people. And if people buy a product from you, then you can give them a reading or you can give them a, a treatment or you can give them something else. And I said, let's try that because now it's a value thing. They've paid you money and now do it. Anyway, she came back to me um, last week, actually, because it was a three-day expo. And she said, oh my gosh, she got nine paying clients from that. Because instead of her being frazzled, having no energy, having all these people who just wanted freebies they didn't actually value, hanging around the table, draining her energy. Whereas when she stood there, had a professional presence, spoke about the value that she offered, and then offered it to them when they purchased, they purchased the product, had a treatment, and then she upsold them into actually coming in for a one-on-one -on -one appointment. And she got nine brand new clients. Um, and at the end of the three days, she wasn't absolutely trashed. So you can have a look at it and go, if something's not working, it needs to be fixed. You know, doing the same thing again and again is the definition of insanity, right? So, <laughs> um, but it happens especially with heart-centered people because they want to help people. People in the service-based industry, they just want to help more people. But the reality is, is that it will actually diminish their capacity to serve if they're not getting financially reimbursed. And also the way that I like to explain it is it's an energy exchange. Yeah. And people will only ever value an energy exchange and money is an energy exchange. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with it. And I think that's probably one of the, the big things that look, I really had to overcome, especially when I went into business is overcoming, I guess, these sort of money blocks that I had. And I think that that's one area um, with and I think I said to you yesterday I strongly believe that mindset is 80% of your business so you need to not only have you know I guess your own personal mindset but you also have the money mindset as well ready to to get back into business as well I wanted to yeah, ask, yeah, yeah no, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off then because no, I wanted good. to just quickly ask you sure. is that when people come in especially heart-centered business owners 
what is one of the key things that you think that they need to apply right now to Facebook to really lift up their profile? Whoa, okay, this is awesome. I'm going to take it back a little bit because, because before people even go onto Facebook, there's stuff they need to do, okay? And a couple of years back, I introduced three brand new modules into my program because what I realized is people came to me and because I jumped straight into the Facebook and what to do, there was some stuff that hadn't been dealt mm -hmm. with and the foundations hadn't been you know, there was no firm foundation. So when they got in there, they got frazzled and they didn't get the end result. So we stepped it back a whole lot. And the first thing was, is declutter, like declutter. And when I say this, declutter from things that aren't serving you, because if you on Facebook are hanging around the wrong people and if you're in the wrong groups and you're doing all and you're doing all these things, you have all this overwhelm. So it doesn't matter if I give you a new strategy and you're doing all of that rubbish, your strategy is not going to work and you're just going to be more overwhelmed. So number one is declutter. But we talk about decluttering your workspace, decluttering your, um, you know, any unnecessary uh, financial things as well because a lot of people have that money mindset and that fear so for me it's like well go get a control over your finances so get rid of subscriptions that you don't have anymore and you know go clean up your finances and create space for, for new then go into your calendar and get control over your calendar because what I find is people are so frazzled with that shiny light syndrome that you were talking about earlier on that they're looking everywhere and they're doing everything they actually need to have a structure. So when you're in corporate, right, you're working nine till five and the boss says, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. And you've got times, everything allocated and you've got deadlines that have got to be done. But as solo, solo entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, what we'd end up doing is we just work and we just float around the house and go to the coffee shop and then go walk the dog for the fourth time that day and and we don't actually have our time under in, in order. So the second thing I get everyone to do is to actually create space for success. So the only way you're going to have success is if you have control over your time. So get into your calendar, put time in there to go shopping, put time in there for social media, put time in there for walking the dogs and being with the kids, but make sure that you've got time to market your business. Make sure you've got time to, uh, you know, answer your emails. Um, you have to make, make sure that you've got time to work on the business and you've got work, time to work in the business. Mm -hmm. So I added those two modules initially uh, a couple of years back now because I realized that what I was doing wasn't going to work unless those things were taken care of. And I know that you'll appreciate it because that very much uh, helps, with, you know, it was that whole money mindset thing as well. Yeah. Um, and having an element of control over your finances and your calendar certainly sets you up for success. Then the third one, which has been there the whole way along and something that I love to do is called a business brain dump. And literally, I mean, I've done it on a big wall. I've got big whiteboards. I love a whiteboard. And you literally put yourself in the middle and you just write everything that you can think of that you want to do. I want to have a book and I want to do a course and I want to do a whatever. And it's just going to look like this absolute spider web of, of chaos. But a, a business brain dump, it doesn't have to be real. Um, it can just be to your world's content, like just go for it, you know, your ideal day, your ideal life, your ideal dream, and just go and map it out. And then from those little ones that you map out, go delve a little bit deeper. So if you go, well, I want a book. Well, what 
what is the book going to be about? You know, it's going to be our cats. It's going to be about dogs. It's going to be, you know, and um, what type of book and how many pages and then go to the next thing, a program. What type of program do you want? None of it has to be real. None of it has to be um, a goal or a, a business plan because sometimes that can be really overwhelming for creative mm-hmm. people. But a, a brain dump's really awesome because when it's all mapped out, it feels like your brain is all on a piece of paper or on a, or on a whiteboard. And then from there, you look and you go, right, what is the one thing that I'm going to focus on right now and I'm going to get right? What is that one thing? Um, And the first thing when it comes to Facebook, it's first sitting down and understanding your privacy settings, understanding your personal profile and who can see what and how public or private you are and how to manage uh, trolls, negativity, any sort of chaos or whatever, because again, you have to have confidence in the platform. So for me, it's about start with your personal profile, clean it up, make sure that you have a sense of personal branding, that you know how you want to be seen online, that you share your story in the about section, that you declutter and get rid of the friends that shouldn't be on there, make friends with the people that should be on there, clean up your pictures, you know, your pole dancing pictures from five years ago and go and (laughs) hide them. Um, you know, make sure that, you know, if you don't want to show your kids that you aren't, or if you are, then you understand your privacy settings, but you know, it all starts with you. It all starts with you. Yeah. I think that is probably the biggest thing that I, when I talk to people and especially people have come out of corporate, that they really have to understand their sense of self. And especially when you go into business, because there is so much of, like I had experienced that myself and it took me two years to literally let go of that corporate identity for me to actually step into who I was. And it wasn't just, you know, Christine Innes, who is now the corporate escapers. It was knowing who I was so that I could actually drive a business as me opposed to what it was in the corporate world or, you know, what other people thoughts or you know perceptions and all that is so I think that it's so crucial for people to as you said get that sense of self do the declutter because honestly when you go into business there's so much going up here so get it out there so I think that that is the best tip that anybody (laughs) needs to get so honestly if you're starting a business just go back 10 minutes and just listen to that like it's honestly (laughs) the best thing that you could ever do going in business and I think even as you go through you know every six months I think everybody should be doing that because we always want to create stuff and if you can just get it out and then you can sit back going oh what was I thinking what why would I do that or you can go hey that was a great idea let's see what that can actually take us as well well I do that every new year so with every new year's resolution it's like I go in and I clean out my email list so I unsubscribe to everything in my email list because it's cluttering up your brain yeah I turn off all my notifications on my phone and on my so all my notifications are off I check my phone on my time yeah I don't check notifications we're buzzing and vibrating and whatever because that's Mm. not going to help with your adrenals Um, but I love what you said about yeah uh, you know supporting that it does start with you and I felt like that when I left my husband uh, about six years ago where um, we've been together for 10 years and I suddenly when I left him I went who the hell am I like Mm. who am I what do I like don't even like you can't even ask me what I like or don't like or and you have to know because if you're going to go and go out onto social media and we all know you have to be consistent right how can you be consistent if you don't know 
what, who you are. How can you be trusted and get people to know yeah. and like you if you don't know and like okay. yourself? Yes. Um, you're going to look like a mad hatter or you're going to feel like a mad hatter on there. So in saying that, you don't have to be perfect. None of us are perfect. Mm. But what you do need to do is at least have the confidence to be able to do it uh, safely and securely. And I think for me, that's really important. Yeah, I agree. I think knowing yourself, I had a client and she had an amazing, beautiful business, but it was supposed to be all organic. Yet here it is full makeup. It's like that does not match what you're selling. So it's, you know, really coming down to who you want to be and where you actually want to present yourself. Um, So everything all matches as well, you know, so you match your business, you match your brand and they just meld beautifully together. Yeah, and you do um, you do have to have confidence because going into social media, you open yourself up to it. You know, I'm working with a gentleman at the moment and he's got these patches that you wear on your nose so you don't snort nighttime. Um, and every time he puts a picture up of, and, he, and he's so passionate about it because he was able to now sleep in the same bed with his wife again because, um, you know, because he's not snoring and keeping her up. So he's so passionate about it. But when he, every time he shows a picture of it or whatever, there's always these snarky comments Mm. on social media. So you have to strengthen yourself as well. You have to be able to handle those objections. You have to be able to have the stickhead bubble, um, which I have, and I've taught my daughters to have one as well, where you don't let anybody into your bubble. Like they don't come Mm. in. It might be happening, but you don't allow it to affect you. Um, You just stay on course. Um, And the only way to do that is to continually strengthen that bubble, which means, you know, affirmations, your mindset, all the stuff that I'm sure that you teach your your clients. But it's so incredibly important to have that because I got to do it too. Don't think that I don't come under scrutiny every now and then, like everybody does. Yeah. and Don't worry, we all we all do. We all do. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> does. It does. It not is. just you. <laughs> no, no. And I think it's a really valid point, like to let people know. And I think when you, you know, really confident within yourself and obviously confident within your business too, of knowing that you are helping people. But as you said, it's that beautiful energy energy exchange that you're getting from somebody as well. Um, that you know, you can then keep rising even more yourself. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I've even seen within like myself and as I've grown the business is like you talked about that bubble and sometimes you have to let certain people out of those bubbles because they're no longer, as you said, serving you. So it could be, you know, people that you've worked with previously, but as you keep rising, they may not be where you want to go or they may not even be able to have the conversations, especially in business, of where you want to go as well. Um, So I just want people to know that it is actually okay. I'm not saying you have to end friendships, but it's okay to let them out of that bubble for that time so that you can really focus on getting to where you want to be. Yeah, it's really important. You know, when I was in the fitness industry, I always used to to say to people when they were trying to lose weight or doing a challenge, I'd say, If you're trying to lose weight and you're trying to be healthy, don't hang around people that go to McDonald's every day. (laughs) That's really going to make it incredibly difficult for you. Like rather hang around people that are cooking healthy Mm. foods and get involved in new recipes, you know, because then you're setting yourself up for success, not for failure. Um, And it's important when it comes to social media that if you have a strategy in your business, Um, And you're strong and confident within yourself and the direction that you're taking. And that's why having that strategy is so important that when other people come and they want to be a part of that, 
you can also make that decision as to go yes or no. Because mm. depending, like seriously, who you get into bed with in social media can make or break your relationships. So if somebody comes and says, let's do a joint promotion and you just think, oh yeah, that's great. And the next minute you're on social media and she's stealing all your clients or she's backstabbing you or she's whatever, it's incredibly important to know that you, can't, you don't have to say yes all the time. That yeah. if you have a strategy in your business, tap into yourself, tap into your intuition, see if this is actually going to help advance your business. If it's a mutually beneficial relationship, that that so I always I call it a social media responsibilities agreement that you have that social media responsibility agreement in place so that you are protected, they are protected, um, and it's a good business joint venture um, that's not going to break your brand. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. This has been incredible. I I know that I'm definitely going to have you back on the show because I think there's so much more that we need to discuss to really help, you know, these amazing businesses grow and um you know, as you said not just get that exposure but to really set them up for success. So Thank you so much for being here today. I know that we've got so much nuggets of gold in here. I'm going to pop all the links of how you can reach out to Chantelle. Honestly, she is amazing. I personally have been working with her with my business and just every session I'm like got five pages of notes and like to-do lists. So <laughs> it's not for the faint-hearted, okay? No, <laughs> no, it's really easy. Um, but so thank you so much for being here and for sharing your amazing wisdom with us as well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I thank everyone who has watched this episode of the Corporate Escapers TV show and podcast. Don't forget to come and like and subscribe. Leave any comments if you want to reach out to Chantelle or myself. We'll be happy to answer them. Shoot us an email or you can put your comments below. Remember to follow your passion and live life to the fullest every single day. Love and light to you all.